Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a one trillion dollar tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk/greattalent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? UVX10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 pa of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets, and it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to ufy.com. That's eufy.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum, for only $799. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get thirty, thirty. Ready to get thirty. Ready to get twenty, twenty, twenty. Ready to get twenty, twenty. Ready to get fifteen, 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 fifteen. Just fifteen bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that for the month of October pits two horror movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. That's right, it's our Halloween countdown that is Shocktober. <laughs> This week in the red corner, it's the granddaddy of possession movies as little Reagan accidentally lets Captain Howdy take control of her body, and Mum Chris is left asking, "What does one do with a bile vomiting, head spinning daughter from 1973?" Were possessed by the Exorcist. While in the blue corner, we're skipping over the abysmal part two and rejoining the story 15 years later when a series of killings in Georgetown point to the work of the infamous Gemini killer. One problem: he's dead. So who or what is behind the murders? From 1990, we're talking The Exorcist Three. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. <laughs> the world of darkness. Expected it. Nobody believed it, and nothing could stop it. Satan grows stronger. You believe in possession, Father? He has found a haven. Come to take a little blood from your father. He has taken possession. The boy had been crucified. His web widens. I've just never seen anything like this in 20 years. So it's a possession punch-up this week, but which film is better? Let's find out together. Welcome to Clash of the Titles: Shocktober. Release the Kraken. 
Clash Brothers, keep away. The sow is mine. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crumpton. I'm Chris. <laughs> on Yay! It. That made a comeback. Lovely. <laughs> on any other day, I'd argue that that's probably going to be the best possessed voice on the episode. <laughs> but V, why don't you do the oh, honours? Oh, can I do it now? You can do it now. Let's so, get it out there early. One of Sorry, this is going to be unprofessional. One of my children has... He just came out of the shower the other day just doing this. Mm. A, a propos of nothing. Hold so, the phone near the microphone. So we need like, to get this. I'm going to get this. Right, you ready? Darkness. <laughs> Darkness. What an excellent exorcism. What? He's seven. You need a priest. You need a priest. He actually does sound like he's possessed. Not like he's doing an impression of someone possessed. Like he has the devil inside him. All wrapped up in a Star Wars towel, running around to go darkness. It's great. I love it. It's great. I love it. Oh, so yeah. Welcome to part one of the Exorcist versus the Exorcist three. If you are new to the show, this is how it works. We're going to do the Exorcist today, and of course, the Exorcist three on Thursday. At which point, we'll declare which is the better film. So the clue, Chris gave on last week's show was um i don't know what possessed me to pick these films (laughs) don't know i've got a belter for later by the way uh you followed up in twitter with well you know it was tricky it was tricky so uh, i gave them the decades gave them the decades yeah well your guessers possessed the artist formerly known as twitter where we are at clash pod if you'd like to follow us for loads of exciting behind the scenes pod action also on instagram and tiktok at Clash Pod. Also, if you're in the business for a little extra Clash of the Visual Variety, completely free of charge, why not subscribe to our Clash of the Titles YouTube channel? Uh, so, congrats to Craig Pickup, Craig Main, and Dave Thompson. But this week's winner with the first correct guess, V, mm. to your pal, Sam and Ash. Well, Sam's the only one who puts their name on it. So mm. Just Smash. Sam. Smash my money. I understand how it works, but it always comes from just Sam. And, okay. and can I just say, they uh, they got it right just before I gave the second clue. Oh. Excellent work. Wowzers. They've become like our best listeners. Our best guessers. <laughs> is, is it because this week, especially, yeah. mind and body, possession, exorcism, is that what they are? Are they exorcists? I can't remember what they do. <laughs> you do get a vigorous workout, I imagine, right. if you are possessed. Okay. So maybe. Great stuff. Uh, congratulations, Sam from Smash Body and Mind. Your prize this week is a carp in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a good writer. Let's. <laughs> if you haven't yet watched, save it for Thursday. I, I won an Oscar once. <laughs> if you haven't went, yet watched Thursday's movie, that will make even less sense than when you watch Thursday's movie. Have fun with that. Are we doing the connection section? No. no. I've got a few. Oh, Stop uh, clocks. Darkness. Drinking priest. This is me being snarky, but a demon in a person that then conveniently or not is chained up or is already chained to something. So a, to possess a child, she's then chained to the bed. Hmm. And then to possess a person who's in that institution and is chained to the floor. Foolish. Right. Foolish. She's not chained to the bed, is she? She's tied to tied the bed. Tied to the bed. I mean, chained to the bed. Oh, a little bit sexy. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> what time is it? What are we like? Four minutes in. <laughs> I meant in general, not within the confines of this movie. I fucking hope. <laughs> of course. And that is the end of the connection section. <laughs> That's the end of the podcast, guys. Good. Well done, well, Alex. Well, we went out with a bang, chained to a bed. Right. Let's do this on Thursday. I'll be back in Georgetown, catching up with some old friends, which means today V is meeting those friends for the first time. V takers 
us on a journey. If the beds are rocking, don't come knocking, <laughs> is what Reagan should say to her mum rather than let Jesus funk you, the little madam. But Reagan's possessed by a demon and so her manners have gone out the window, like her mum's lush director friend and later can't pick a lane boxer doctor priest, Karis, who's called to Prospect Street after 88 doctors and all their bullshit and absolutely brutal brain scans can't help poor Reagan, who's gone from apple pie cheeks to pea soup vomit quicker than you can say, what an excellent day for an exorcism. I was going to do the clip then, yep, but it's, it's fine. Done it. Also drafted in to sort out this anxious indictment of second wave feminism feminism, and its upending of the nuclear family. Sorry, recruitment drive for the Catholic Church. Sorry, possession of a child is old, but actually young. Father Merritt. And together, the man of faith and the man who's lost his faith drive out the demon, which is a shame because I thought he sounded like a laugh and wanted to hear more from him. But that was before I watched Exorcist 3. Anyway, the exorcism works, luckily, because the demon fancies a jaunt in Karras and then Karras sacrifices himself to save Reagan and humanity. And what have we learned? We've learned don't mess with PMT and next month get this girl an ibuprofen and a hot water bottle. You did leave out boxer, doctor, priest and does extra work in films. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he really is multitasking. Lack of all trades. Round. When you said uh, that her director friend was lush, did yeah. you mean like really sort of fit? No, I meant he likes a okay. drink. But I like the idea that he him. <laughs> yeah. He seems all right, doesn't he? No, not when he's around German people. <laughs> oh, Swiss. no, that's not so even, true. Not even German. Swiss. Swiss. <laughs> Swiss people. Swiss. That's true. Got a funny accent. Here's Burke. Uh, when did you... I'm going to go last because my story's like big along. When did you first see this film? Uh, I watched it once when I was quite young, about 10 or 11 years old, and... Uh, it didn't scare me okay. at all. In fact, I found it quite dull. Did you? But I think even at 10 or 11, I had the foresight to be able to go, one day you'll watch this as an older man and appreciate things <laughs> that you don't understand right now. But yeah, considering its pedigree as one of cinema's scariest movies, it didn't scare me. This was the second watch. Really? Okay, mm. fantastic. And yourself? Yeah, well, it was hard to watch when we were younger because it was withdrawn. Yeah. Uh, you could not watch this on video. It came out on video in 81 and it was withdrawn in 1988 by James Furman because he didn't think we could handle it. <laughs> it's just what an insane country we live in. Now, the you do, it's funny, though, because the you are like extreme libertarian with this particular thing. You're like, we can watch anything. I agree with you because we're grown-ups. I watched him on, on Mark Kermo's documentary talking about it uh, about 20 years ago now that documentary was made. And, and he's sort of saying, yeah, because what you forget is now we're living in a world where children have access to videos and some of them even have them in their bedrooms. <laughs> So we've got to ban the film. No, <laughs> that's not how that works. And it's a happy ending, so he should have let us. He should have let it, is, watch it. it is happy ending. Happy-ish. Happy. No, it's very happy. Um, so I watched this when I was about fourteen or fifteen. Thought it was really, really good. Then saw it again about ten years later in the cinema. Right. Have either of you seen this in the cinema? No. It's quite a strange experience now. Well, People seem good, to or... laugh at it. Oh. When it's, I don't think it's very funny. It's just been parodied. So yeah, much, it's, it? it's been parodied so much. Some of it's dated. I, I don't know if people are laughing nervously, but I found that a very unenjoyable experience being surrounded by people that are cracking up when she's in the hospital being injected and stuff. Ooh, and I'm like, this is not fun. That's not funny. It's very difficult to take it seriously once you've seen Leslie Nielsen's Repossessed, <laughs> yes. which is a great film. Which not many people did see, <laughs> let's be honest. I saw it about six times. I made up for everyone else. Uh, so yeah, so uh, but I haven't seen it since I saw it in the cinema. Well, so speaking of the documentary that you mentioned, that is Mark Kermode's The Fear of God, 25 Years of the Ex- Exorcist, right. So 
When I was doing my A-levels, this is a shout out to my A-level media teacher who I've mentioned before because he was quite informative and instructive in my uh, education and awakening or something, whatever. Carl Rigby. I've mentioned him by name because I think someone else who listens to this podcast, the four or five other people that listen to it, I think they know who he is. <laughs> I think there's someone from Blackburn who's like, I remember him. He, he was amazing and a, a brilliant, brilliant teacher. Anyway, he was obsessed with The Exorcist. And I, I couldn't believe that he was going to show it to us because it was banned. You weren't allowed to see it. I was 16. I was like, I cannot believe we're going to watch this. Was it banned when he showed it to you? It can't have been. No. But I don't, he's the sort of teacher that would be like, fuck it, I don't care. Like He was just a force of nature, this oh, person. I, I wish we all had a Carl Rigby in our lives. He showed me Romper Stomper as well. Like It, it was just a, a whirlwind of wow. like... And then he showed us the documentary and he showed us the film and the documentary mm. and he showed them both more than once. We just It felt to me like we spent about six months watching these on repeat. But the documentary documentary particularly it went on the curriculum though i don't think so i mean i, I think i got did i get god did i get a b immediately that's so embarrassing no i didn't get a b don't be ridiculous sorry that you, was i weird. don't think you can get a b immediately you studies. can't can you that's I'm just time to go it's home a, it's a made-up subject <laughs> with made up grades <laughs> imagine if you did he, he's allowed to say that because he did latin yeah, I know. So. I just want to again a made-up subject <laughs> whole the, languages are made up that's so true but the thing is the documentary, Mark Kermode's documentary, was the first time. I'm 16. I'm quite naive. Uh, I'm not. I'm not very well exposed to like film technique or anything else. And I couldn't believe that this was how you did it. So William Friedkin firing guns at people, it's firing not, blanks at people. So that, I think that's dated worse than the film itself yeah. because in that in that documentary, everyone's sort of laughing about William Friedkin's behaviour yeah. or or. Um, paying respect to it when actually you watch it now he should be in prison yeah <laughs> he injured a little girl yeah. he injured a grown lady and he was firing guns at everyone yep. the man was a psychopath sorry he's just died r.i.p yeah the, um what, what what's the context of the gun oh, firing? it's so good because they show you in the documentary so mm. you know when caras has got the backwards tapes which is obviously tm scariest thing in the whole fucking universe she's talking english backwards she's yeah. talking english backwards and there's a shot where he hears a noise and he looks up and he just looks terrified and william freaking couldn't get what he wanted Wanted, and he's yelling at him, act, motherfucker, act. And it's not working. So he's like, fuck it. And just before one take, he just shot him. <laughs> yeah. He just shot at his head. Yeah, he said he fired, <laughs> it, he fired it too near to my ear. Yeah. Which I wasn't pleased about. But no, one of the one of the guys who works on the set said that in the mornings he would tell the actors where William Friedkin had guns stashed around the set so that they would be prepared. Because he loved playing with guns, he loved firing them. And he would do them just to keep people on their toes during the day. They were all over the place. Yeah. The man was a wrong one. <laughs> yeah. And he would slap them, which he obviously shouldn't ever do, you know, just to get the shot, get the reaction. That he banned William Peter Blatty from the set. Um, all of that. And the spider walk. I was obsessed with the spider walk because this documentary showed us what what the film would have been with it in. Mm. And it's just, it's phenomenal. It was and the then, first time anyone had seen the spider walk was in this documentary. Yeah. Mark Camot was the first person to see yeah. the spider walk since 973. Yes. Did either of your versions that you watched have the spider walk included in the film? No. no. Right, I okay. watched the theatrical. So why is that yeah it's just apparently it's not it's not something um uh, William Friedkin wanted in there. He says it ups the terror too quickly, so yeah. it loses the slow burn. Well, the theatrical cut is the director's cut. Right. Mm. And then the the one with the additional scenes is really the writer's cut because Blatty wanted those scenes in. Right. And by that time, they'd figured out how to, to fix the spider walk because the other trouble problem was it didn't look right. No. But through modern effects, they managed to make it look right. So there's there's the version out there with it in, which is very good. 
but I think we, we're going to talk the theatrical today. Yes, we are. So all this amounts to this film, just it was perfect for me to watch because I did find it quite scary. I haven't seen it since Shit. I was 16. We're still on when Vicky first saw it. Oh, no, I know. Sorry, we've got lots of... But what I mean... I'm sorry, I'm wrapping it up. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But what I mean is it was an illicit discovery that makes it a perfect film. Mm. I can't not like it because I was young enough to be affected in that way. Let me tell you a little bit about the film. Mm. Don't worry. Okay, so, uh, right, let, just to do the basics, um, it's based on William Peter Blatty's 1971 novel, The Exorcist, which itself takes inspiration from a real exorcism. If you believe in that sort of thing, which I thought I might as well just ask you in any way, I know you're not... Oh, are you slightly religious? No. You, were you raised slightly religious? I'm supposed to be Catholic, you're but supposed not to be Catholic. really. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'm not religious. I don't believe it's possible to be possessed. What do you think? C of E till I die. <laughs> That's the sort of thing they never say as well. <laughs> That's so hardcore. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not. I went to a C of E primary school and a C of E middle school, and uh, same story. Alert. Hey, did you just hear that? <laughs> my, my, the the reverend who used to take assembly from our local church. Uh, the reason I bowed out of having any religious beliefs was when he started an assembly by going, neighbours. Everybody needs good neighbours. <laughs> With a little understanding, we can find the perfect plan. Not just the theme tune to a popular TV show, but, but important words <laughs> in the Christian religion. And then you were like, I'm out. I've read about exorcisms. I've watched documentaries. I mean, Freakin made a documentary about exorcisms, which, right. which was... I mean, it's quite convincing. Yeah. But I just don't believe it. I always feel like there is some explanation yes, for this. Yes, me too. I want to believe. I'm, I'm Fox Mulder. That's I, where I am. I, That's I why I love Girls. I want to believe, mm. but I actually fundamentally Why would you don't. want to believe? Because it's, it's, it's something, something else. It suggests that we don't know everything. <laughs> and therefore we don't die. What? Mm. That's what yeah, I but think. isn't there more fun ones to believe than like children getting there? children getting possessed? Bigfoot. But William exactly. Peter Blatty That's more fun. That's great. His thing was, he did believe it, like you said. William Peter Blatty did. But his point was... If that exists, if the devil exists in that way or a sure. demon or whatever, then all the brilliant things that are the flip side to that yeah. also exist, like paradise after death and whatever else. Like, yeah. That's what he believed. But the good things are never very proactive, are they? They just sort of stand back and go, well, we don't really get involved. <laughs> yeah, we don't act actively yeah. do good things. We can't actually help you in this really dire situation. Yeah, where you're fully conscious. Mm. Yeah. So it was a boy in Maryland who yes. was possessed for several days, Yeah, is, is how the story goes. Although I think that one has since been debunked. Yes. I mean, one of the priests at that exorcism kept a dying diary and he talks about bed shaking and the body of this oh sorry not the body the boy's body had hello scratched on it and according to this priest during the exorcism more scratches appeared but whatever I there's mean, a, another famous one um i think it was on the isle of white the isle of man one of those islands i always get them confused uh where a mongoose called jeff uh, was supposed to be possessed right. and they all heard him talking in the house right there's a new simon Pegg movie out all about that right okay hmm? what's happening it's a true story. Okay. Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Okay, cool. Mm. Right. Anyway, so no one <laughs> cares in, about... No interest in that. Absolutely zero <laughs> interest. So no one cares about this book until William Peter Blatty does a talk show, bangs on about the devil, then everyone's into it. He wrote the screenplay. He would win an Oscar for that. He's also the producer. He wants William Friedkin to direct it, not Stanley Kubrick, not Peter Bogdanovich, etc. And then The French Connection wins an Oscar and so he gets what he wants. Uh, now, Stacey Keach was hired for Karis until... William Friedkin sees a play that Jason Miller wrote. I didn't know he was a writer also. Mm. It won the Pulitzer. Mm. 
Um, yeah, and it's good. It's good. I bet it is. Season, something season. It's, it's a championship sport. season. Yeah, it's a sporting play. And also, Friedkin found out that Jason Miller had also studied for the priesthood and mm. he'd lost his faith. So what are you going to do here? That's your actor. Um, and also, look at that fucking face. Yeah, craggy face. How am I haunted yeah, is craggy, that man's yeah. eyes? No, I mean, normally I would... Stacey Keach is so good, but yeah. then when you see Jason Miller, you're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. yeah. So they bought out Stacey Keach's contract. <laughs> there you go. I also didn't know that Jason Miller was offered Taxi Driver because he got nominated for an Oscar. After and he turned, this. Yeah, and he yeah. turned it down to do The Nickel Ride, which I'd never even heard of. No, it wasn't. Uh, it's a real shame, isn't it? It wasn't as big as Taxi Driver. And weirdly, I mean, obviously, you know, it's very difficult to separate De Niro from that movie, although I did sit and think about what Jason Miller would I be like would in that work, role. It, it would Yeah. 100%. Haunted. Yeah. Uh, so obviously you've got Linda Blair as Reagan she had a rough time we'll talk about that um, and then she would say later that this film has been more of a curse than a blessing speaking of which <laughs> seems so professional no such right? thing no such thing as a curse on a film yeah. no and speaking of which speaking of which it works on two levels <laughs> there was the film cursed so apparently someone got a priest in to bless the set calm everybody down there was a lot of bad luck the set burned down <laughs> and um, the director was firing guns yeah that's also very true uh, there was some near death there was some actual death it's all really horrible stuff but William Freakid would say if you're filming something for a year then people's mm. lives change and move on and, and yeah. bad things happen so that makes sense to well, me well Freakid is the one that was talking up a little bit more though it's Von Sydow who said when you shoot for a long period of time yeah. people do die yeah <laughs> especially <laughs> some of the old ones yeah um, I mean it burning down but there's no such thing as a cursed film set anyway I don't know but it's either. great it's great for publicity well then Max von Sydow looks incredibly old in this because he's wearing old makeup right I can know. you believe how good he is <laughs> yeah it's I, I couldn't believe it so no yeah. is the answer to the question that's makeup artist Dick Smith I Fantastic. think it is yep yep so good and anyway last thing on this the film comes out the public reaction is just it's hard to imagine now. And you, I do wonder with a bit of modern scepticism how much of it is true, but apparently the teaser trailer was banned. Warner's got sued by someone who passed out because it was so horrifying to them. The cinemas are handing out sick bags. People are throwing up everywhere. The sinks are blocked. Like, it's vileness. Uh, but nonetheless, it was the top grossing R-rated horror film for 50 years. I still, I just find it astonishing. I don't find it astonishing that it was so popular, I do find it astonishing that people reacted like that because Jaws, two years later, you watch Jaws now and it's as scary now as it was when it came out in 75. Yes. You watch this now and it just doesn't, I just, I don't think it holds up in the... Well, in- I find different things scary now, which we'll get to. But yeah. the things I find scary now affect me really deeply in the way that they did it. I don't find the head twisting Is scary. this one of them? The people being sick in the cinema. No, the things in this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's I mean, very... people being sick in the cinema is gross. That is gross. I don't know that it's terrifying. <laughs> You're watching it with modern eyes, though. People had never seen anything this sure. extreme before. Sure. The, anything as intense, I think, as the last half hour of it. It's so intense. And just the little things you see this, this little girl do. I mean, there were people running up and down the aisles. and like that. They really con- genuinely considered not releasing it when they first test screened it because of people walking out of it. What, who, who thought that? That's insane. Warner Brothers, because people were walking out of the test screening because they, they didn't want to watch it anymore. Wow. Okay. You can't imagine it. Can I, can't, I, I really can't, no. It's, it's, it's literally like an alien concept to me. I'm like, <laughs> this movie? I think it's terrifying. Uh, right, that's all I've got. You'll be pleased to know. Shall we move on yeah. to talking about the film? Mm. Right, we're going to talk quickly about the music. So this is, I knew the music before I knew the film, Did personally, because we had the record at home. Mm. It's very funny, because... I had the music record because I think my parents must have bought it because What's of the... What's a music record? <laughs> well, the thing is, the original record, this is 
It's just Mike Oldfield talking about bells, which I find so funny. Wait, so it's not tubular bells? It's, it goes... It's a recording of... And then Mike Oldfield goes... Tubular Bells, and it's a narration record about bells. <laughs> so Warners were like, we're not mad keen to release this in all honesty, Mike. So William Freegan is pissing around at the library at Warners looking for music, finds the bells, is like, love the bells bit, do not need all the talking about the bells. It would take you out of the movie. It takes you a bit out of the movie. So they make it as a music record, and thus you have a massive hit because it sells millions of music records. Mm. But that's fascinating, isn't it? Um, anyway. So, isn't, it, isn't it the record that made Branson? I didn't. Yeah, look this up. it is. Yeah. yeah, it was. The, it was what got Virgin, Virgin going. Yeah, yeah, mad yeah. madness. Anyway, love that music. I don't think they use it enough. Actually, it's only used sparingly, isn't yeah. it? It's 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 used maybe three times here and then once in 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 Exodus three. Yeah, and am I, I wrong? When uh, Max von Sydow gets out of the cab, that famous scene with the briefcase, it's not used there. Have I made that up? Because you, when you think of the Exodus, you think man under a lamppost. I don't think it is. I'll check because I've written music anytime they play it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway music record <laughs> we're off to Iraq old face makeup he was 44 Max von Sydow that is yeah, insane yeah I was going to say I was going to say that older than Max von Sydow in oh, The Exorcist oh my god don't Whoa. it's great though this opening in Northern Brilliant. Iraq just because yeah. obviously you know it's actually shot on location yes. in Northern Iraq yeah. and it feels like an alien world anyway without the added demon iconography without him staring down a statue of a demon you're yeah. already like discombobulated by this strange location the first um, words you hear in the film are uh, the call to prayer and is, as translated, it's God is great. Oh, great. Mm. So the demon is actually Pazuzu, which is an ancient Mesopotamian demon, real demon. Um, according- so where are we getting that from? Is that in the book? It's in the book. It's right. not mentioned out loud in the film. In but the film, if sure. you look up Pazuzu, you know the statue, it's, it's, that's the demon's face. Yeah. It's like that's, the, that's what that relic looks like kind of thing. Yeah, because um, when it comes to the sequel, there are moments where... William Peter Blatty says it could be Pazuzu or it could be the devil himself. Yes. That's in the sequel, though. So yeah. this one is definitely Pazuzu. Definitely. Right. Who, according to Wikipedia, as well as being a demon, would also guard your home against other demons and was especially fond of pregnant women and mothers. Oh. Interesting, interesting choice of demon. So he's a good demon? Good and bad. He's it's, a feminist demon. He's a feminist demon, unlike this film, am or I is right? She, or, is, or, is, or is it a she? They, Wikipedia says he, and he. I think it was a he demon. Right. Although maybe like it's a they demon, I don't know. Um, a heman. <laughs> great. So now, as opposed to a sheman. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I think love I got it. it. I'm just trying to speed things up. I think he demon, heman. We're saving a fraction <laughs> of a second each time. So now we're in Georgetown uh, with Mum Chris. Straight away, straight away, things are not good. We don't have. He flips the scenes. You would normally have daytime norm- normality making breakfast doing the thing but the first thing you see is like these terrifying rats in the attic in quote marks which are the most terrifying rats ever and that is the inciting incident isn't it that hits at exactly 12 minutes yeah. which would suggest that the noises in the attic oh, the is demon. where it begins yeah and because of Captain Howdy in a minute mm. like, that's what I think uh, now this is the second wave feminism thing so Chris is a modern woman a successful woman she's got staff she's got money she's got a rich social life it would appear she's sexually comfortable mm. She's supposed to be for the time. She's supposed to be Shirley MacLaine. William Peter Blatty was mates with Shirley MacLaine, and so he just based it on her. Oh, and so there is a thought that William Peter Blatty, consciously or not, has created a household in which there is no man to guard against the demon, the men that come in and the men that fix things. But if Reagan had a dad, would it be a different story? Mm. Would wow. you show a dad being? Quote marks, not my, but you know, emasculated by the fact that he cannot help his daughter who is possessed by a demon. 
Because her mum can't really do anything and she calls in the men to fix it. Fair enough. But why has Reagan got no doubt? A lot of men fail to fix it before some men succeed, though. Yeah. Well, alternatively, this is all in Reagan's head and she's had a breakdown because her father's left. Yeah, and she's about to get a period. Oh, is that a theory? The suggestion is that she's not actually possessed. I don't know. I have certainly read and seen people say that, but it's a bit weird because it depends who's seeing what when. Her head spins a fucking round. Yeah, but the idea is that it cuts away to the priest while it's happening and then comes back. So maybe it's what he's seeing rather than what is actually happening in the room. Right. I don't buy it. I don't think the film works if it's not real. No, I think she's definitely possessed. I do too. So then we find out... Oh, sorry, I question mark to myself. Is Father Karras the hero of this story or is it actually Lancaster? Maxwell said, oh, later. Or is he our... No, Big, I think strong man. for me, this is Father Karras's story. Yes, it's not Reagan's. It's not. It's not Merrin's story. It's a man's story. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's important, and, and that's why Exodus Three is about you know Karras. There's no. It's not about Reagan. That's true. Uh, so, what, what do you think, Alex? I certainly think this is Father Karras's story. His moment, which will come to later, I think is one of the most powerful moments in this film. Yeah. What the ending? Yes. Okay, let's wait till the end then. (laughs) So he's going to see his his mum. uh, So we find out he was a boxer. Later on, he drinks like a cop, I think. You can't see his dog collar. He's losing his faith. He's not at ease with himself. Mm. He feels he's letting his mum down. I think he feels, well, he does feel that because then his uncle is like, you could have been a famous psychiatrist if you'd not done all this, you know, religious nonsense. Mm. He's troubled. And it's a really good premise for your protagonist because he doesn't believe in the thing that Chris doesn't believe in either and yet they both need it. Mm. Amazing. I think one of the most amazing bits of film because I think there's stuff about fate and destiny here because of Karis being on the film set and her walking past him. Like It feels like something's trying to bring them together. But one of those moments where she goes past him, we hear him talking to another priest and he's talking about losing his faith. And just as he's getting to the crux of it, a plane flies overhead and you can't hear what he's saying. Oh, wow. So that's the theme of the movie, and Freak is like, I'm not going to give it to you, though. Oh, I love that. You've got to figure it out. What I never pi- noticed that. What a piss take. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I love it. So he's troubled. At this point, Chris and Reagan are super happy. The way that they are with each other, they're really tight-knit. They talk to each other. Mum talks to daughter like she's a grown-up, but in an appropriate way, which would make her feel grown-up. Mm. But it's not inappropriate. They're very tight-knit. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. One of those cutscenes is them hanging out in Georgetown, just doing sightseeing, Aww. which the film doesn't need, but yeah. it, it sort of hammers home how happy they are. Yeah, they actually don't need... It's a shame that Chris is sad that her ex, presumed ex-husband, can't remember Reagan's birthday, mm. but Reagan seems all right with it. So yeah, it's reality, I, isn't it? They're lovely. Although the, the, the bit I don't, the, she's, she's invited to an intimate dinner at the White House. Yeah. Who is this woman? I guess she's selling she's, the claim. Yeah, she's a huge movie star. <laughs> well, she has parties with. I astro- thought they were joking. <laughs> and, no, they weren't. And her party, she's got a priest and an astronaut at yes. the party. <laughs> Who has parties like that? I don't know. Fancy dress ones? Yes. I do. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, we'll do all the scary stuff after a break. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. 
Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So everything's fine until oh, see, this is so scary now. The Reagan's just like my bed was shaking. <laughs> it's like oh my god, like that's that's really scary. Your bed doesn't just shake. There's no unless you live on a fault line or whatever. There's no way of for me rationalizing that. That's just terrifying. Nonetheless. She has her party. I love the party scene doesn't, very, very much. Uh, doesn't a candle turn into a flamethrower? Oh, I love that, yeah. <laughs> I thought about that because I'm like, would you just be like, oh, thank God that stopped? And you would. Because you would. If it, like suddenly a candle you were holding just went, <laughs> but then stopped. You'd be so relieved it had stopped. You'd just be like, that was weird. Let's, let's never, move on. Yeah, let's never they, they've chucked the Ouija board in here by this point. Yes. Do you think there's, that, that, that she could have summoned this demon herself? I think Ouija board feels really old fashioned. And I think wasn't that, you know, we're, at, we're on the verge of, not in 1973, but we're getting towards satanic panic, which is, I'm really interested in that moral rampage that mm. was satanic panic. People are still genuinely in prison for being witches and murdering children mm. and whatever else. And Ouija boards are part of that. <laughs> That's not surprising. No, but they're not. There's no they such thing as it. fucking witches. Oh, I see. <laughs> Jesus, but they, wait. you and the law is unreal. They, you well, can't go to prison for being a witch. Wait until we get to the end of Exorcist 3. There's a lot to talk about there. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> so anyway, she um, has... But also, can I just say, it, 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 in that Ouija scene, she says that the demon says that mum's ugly. Now, is that is that a daughter just messing around with the mum? Or is that the demon already gaslighting Chris? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, because the demon, Captain Howdy, does suggest to Reagan that uh, her mum and Burke might be having a little yeah. yes. on the side. But then that makes me think, oh, is this, is this Regan's own issues with her, her dad leaving and her, her mum maybe? Yeah. Like, she's not... She... And she's quite old for an, if it is an imaginary friend at that point. Because yeah. when she says it's Captain Howdy, her mum's not like, who's Captain Howdy? Yeah. Like, that's obviously a little character that they have in their sort of play. But... She's a bit old for that, so maybe that's just her very babyish way of going, oh, I can't ask you this question, but I would mm. like to know the answer. Yes. So I'm going to be Are you shagging Burke? Are you shagging Burke? Burke? You I don't, she shouldn't be. I don't, she think, would not I don't be. think Burke's interested I in her. I don't think she's his type. 
No. No. Exactly, yeah, no. yeah. Um, can we discuss what happens to Father Karras's mum? I got a little bit confused, so this is just a clarification question. Yeah. Because... She's in hospital, yeah, and he leaves her in hospital. Mm-hmm. And the next time we hear about her is Father Dyer telling Chris at the party or someone at the party that she's died, that yeah. she mm. fell at home. So what happened? He took her out of the hospital, and we don't see that. And then because he says she lay there for a full day before she was found. Yeah, and I'm confused too. It's actually. a bit confusing because we've just seen her in a hospital, and he's heartbroken that she's ended up in hospital. So how has she taken a fall at home? I just I thought, didn't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was the other way around. She'd had a fall. She'd laid on the floor at home. Then she'd ended up in hospital after the fall. But no, as a she result, she died. Of... She died and was not found for a whole day. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so we're kind of missing maybe a scene there where he takes her home. Yes. Just maybe. to explain that, just yeah. to tie that off. Okay, fine. But she's dead. So. Yes, she is. She's dead. Yeah. So uh, we've got the party. Uh, the reason I love this scene so much is you've just got this very rich life of hers. She's really popular. She's having, like you say, an amazing, quite star-studded party. She's got a very privileged life. So it is kind of enviable and aspirational. But then Reagan crashes the party and then wheezes on the floor and then says... We've all been there. But that's what's good about it because (laughs) she's like, oh my God. And obviously she's quite embarrassed a bit, but also she's concerned for her daughter. But if your child was ill, they could do a weird sleepwalky thing and come in and wee on the floor. That's quite conceivable. Mm. Darkness. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. They're always, he's always trying to wee in the garden as well, which I don't approve of. Sorry, what now? The darkness child. Yep. Like He's like, can't I wee in the garden? And it's like, no, you can't because you will, you'll, then you'll do it on the street. And It's then... weird that you say it. I've always seen him as he grows up to become quite an outdoorsy kind of kid. <laughs> I think he's very much going to be yeah. a, a ranger in, yeah. a, in a forestry commission forest, perhaps. Oh, that's nice. He's yeah. got the build for it, hasn't he? Yeah, at this age. Yeah, he's, he's strong. He's strong. strong. Still, he's very I mean, strong. Uh, not just any kid goes, take your shoes off in the house. And I go, <laughs> Yes, I will. Yeah. Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, because uh, I've seen this film a lot of times, I've got no space to think, oh, was she just ill? Are you are you supposed to not know? But it feels like very quickly, the be- that bed, again, you see it really shake. And so you're like, well, she's not just ill. That bed is really shaking. Yeah, and it's the combination of she's not just peed, but she said in quite a frightening way to the astronaut, you're going to die up there. Yeah. <laughs> which is... Yeah, that's not an illness. There's something else going on, isn't yeah. there? So she's sent for some really nasty tests. So this is the bit. I've seen this film many times. I don't even remember this scene and I couldn't even look at it. It's so, this so This is the upsetting. main thing I remember about the film. It's so bad. This it is comes the out of nowhere. medical examination with the... It's called an arteriogram. And I can remember the whole cinema as well, like in a mess during that scene, more I than any other scene. I believe that that... So apparently that's how they used to do that, yeah. which He's is a, fucked up. Yep. Yeah, freaking like, saw it and it was like, I want that in the film and I want these doctors to do it. And when it's, I can't bear it. Like her little daughter on that thing, she, Gurney, yeah, she's behind the glass. There's nothing you can do for that no, child. And it's, it's obviously agony. It's the worst it's thing distra- I've ever no, it's seen. It's awful watching that little girl having to go through that. Um, and the doctors aren't great with the bedside manner either. You're going to feel a little prick. Don't move. I said, don't move. Like there's no... No niceness when well, he I, says no. that but second But it would be so if, if she does it, if she moves, yeah. she's paralysed. Like, it's just... Yeah, and I wouldn't expect it from that doctor anyway, because you know that was a real doctor that yeah. was doing the injection. And then he's... Oh, yeah, yeah, he's a real doctor. And then isn't there a murderer or something in that? That's him. Is that him? Yep. Oh, my God. He's so a murderer. Weird. That's the oh, first no. thing. He's a serial killer. A real so one. So this is, this is Paul Bateson. 
um, who, who, who soon after this went to uh, prison for murdering a film critic, someone who worked for Variety. Uh, but he's also believed to have committed a series of killings of gay men, murders of gay men. And I think they called them the bag murders. I think their arms and legs were chopped off and they were thrown in the river. Jesus. And it was never solved. But it looks like he did it because he, he was, I, th- I believe, a gay man who killed other gay men. And he's the inspiration or part of the inspiration for the William Friedkin movie Cruising starring Al Pacino. Oh, yeah. Friedkin visited this Oh, because he went guy. to see him, didn't he? He went yeah, to visit yeah. him in prison. So I, went, I love that. So when you're watching The Exorcist and he, she's getting the injection, the guy doing it is a serial killer. How <laughs> fucked up is that? Jesus Christ. I know. I think it was just a coping thing for me because I couldn't, I cannot cope with that scene of that poor child. But then when they're doing the brain scans, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if the brain looked like a monster face? (laughs) (laughs) I was just going, I thought that would be fun. Anyway, live and learn next time. So at this point, Reagan is deteriorating uh, quite quickly. Now, I'm going to say she's screaming obscenities because I don't mind a swear. But I don't think I can repeat what this child is saying to the grown-up, let alone really describe what she's doing with that cross. I was quite looking forward to you. I just don't think I can do it. I can say what your cunting daughter did. I don't have a problem with that. Mm. But the, and I'm not a religious... <laughs> it's just so awful. It's so awful. Yeah. It's so awful because if you think about it, she's in there somewhere and she's only 12 and then all of... I mean, it's I mean, that's all monstrous. the stuff she had to say in the audition. That's how she got the role was in the first audition. They gave her those lines to say and she had no problem with them. I guess she didn't understand a lot of what she was saying. Yeah, I don't feel sorry. No, sorry, that's really cruel. Maybe I do, obviously, do feel sorry for Linda Blair and the physical injury and how intense this must have been. But the story... I'm watching upsets me like as in what that child in the story hmm. is going through I find very yeah they call upsetting. it they call it the crucifix masturbation but it's more crucifix I'd mutilation it's jabbing it's mm. mutilation yeah it's not masturbation yeah. it, it shouldn't be like that and, and it's interesting I hadn't quite picked up on this until I was I was watching that documentary and Dick Smith and Freak were talking about it that, that, that they couldn't figure out how to make her appearance she looked more like a witch initially and then it was Freak and had the idea of oh she's mutilating herself with this cross yeah this is going to be cuts on her face that she's done herself. Yeah. With the, and that's where her, the look comes from. And it's great because that makes sense. You know when you see the black and white face and that's the demon face? Yeah, that's early, what they were going to do. Yeah, an early makeup test, yeah. wasn't and it? And then they're like, why don't we do this more sort of organic? Yeah. She's done it herself, which it's, is just horrendous. I find it one of the most haunting elements when that face appears because it's in a dream sequence, I think, initially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, dream a, great, a great dream sequence as well. Yeah, Not, you, not, you, not as good as the one from Exodus 3, but... Uh, that's God, that, that is good. <laughs> It's next level, kid. At first of all, I was livid and I was like, are, this is incredible. Are we on the train platform to heaven? <laughs> um, the voice is interesting. Um, so there, so- was a bit of, there was a bit of controversy about this because Linda Blair got a Oscar nomination, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, so it's Merce- is it Mercedes McCambridge? Yes. Um, so well, she- initially, initially, Freakin said, I want Regan to sound like an Hieronymus Bosch painting. Cool. Yeah, but hard. Great note. <laughs> How do I do Great that? Note. How do I do that? And so the poor sound people took Linda Blair's voice and the guy says he spent 150 hours trying to make her sound like the devil, <laughs> to which Freakin said, doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and so, but it was it was Freakin who thought of this actress, uh, Mercedes, who, uh, and she's quite an interesting character. Oh, yeah. She said, I need raw eggs, cigarettes, I'm teetotal because I'm an alcoholic, but give me booze. I'm going to go off the wagon for this. Yeah. I'll need my priest there because I'll be off the wagon and I want you to tie me up. Yeah, he tied her to a chair so she could sound restrained. <laughs> and then there's all this, there's a big fuss about credit. 
They don't make them like they used to. Do you know what she also said? She said the screams are the screams that she can remember from people drying out in rehab. That's what she said. Fuck it. It's hell. just heaviness. But the voice is unbelievably I good. I think Max von Sydow may have been wrong when he was like, you're just spending a lot of time with people. Weird shit happens when you spend this long with people. I'd argue, no, weird shit is happening. This is, this is weird shit, Max. But yeah, she didn't want credit, then she did want credit. Whatever. She gets like, it in the, the version. Yes. Nice, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now, even though I thought this was quite obvious time, but psychiatry being the poor cousin of physical medicine. Um, but eventually the psychiatrist is called, but that's, that to me is a hypnotist. Different thing. Mm. Never mind. That's maybe the 70s for well, you. Well, there's a lot of gaslighting of Chris done in this film, isn't there? Of her in rooms with men who are just sort of looking down upon her and yeah. not oh, believing yes. her. And her saying, as you would say, I know my daughter, I yep. know my son. And then saying, no, you don't. Yeah. We know better. It's not her bed it's her brain and and i don't think it helps that she's not only a woman but a single mother i just do she's not getting the respect that she deserves it is terrifying but there is evidence and studies and evaluations and whatever of if you're in a hospital setting and you try to make a complaint about you know get attention for your child or for yourself or whatever and especially if you're a person of color i was going to say yeah if you're not white exactly what i was going to say it's much worse you are more ignored than if a man says oh actually do you know what she might not be doing very well and like everyone's got that particular horror story of someone who nearly bled to death after birth because it's like she's fine and then a man's like she's not fine oh no fuck no she isn't and it's just it is terrified but it just resonates doesn't it that no one will listen to this woman and i wonder if it's connected to the scenes in the sanatorium where you're seeing women who are trapped in there or you know uh, uh, did they start out like chris yeah it is interesting that the first mention of having an exorcism and the idea that she might be possessed though comes from doctors it makes sense actually the way they do it because they're like it's not real and they're kind of smirking about it but if someone believes they are possessed then they will believe that an exorcism would work that makes perfect sense and also isn't the brilliant thing at the heart of the film the fact that chris is an atheist and believes it's possession and father Karis <laughs> is a priest who doesn't believe it's possession yes that is a great um thing to have your two protagonists fighting over yeah because you you both you're on the you're on the sort of on the same spectrum as it were mm. and the normal way you'd write it is i want this thing and you don't want mm. this thing and then we'll come together and whatever but you both don't believe in the thing but you both want it for different reasons it does Just amazing. create a little bit of a problem with Karis later it's my change so we'll come to it in a bit but okay. i don't think I don't think it ties it off in a neat little bow in the way it should. So Burke is going to get it now. He's going to go down the steps. This is where the spider walk would have been, I think. Yeah, so what happens is that in the version that we saw, the theatrical version, um, she finds out that Burke's dead. She loses it. It fades to black and then the lights come up with Regan opening her eyes. Right. It's a brilliant transition. Mm. And where the spider walk comes in is when she loses it, we then get the spider walk and then it fades to back. And so in the fear of God, you've got Blatty and um, Freakin talking about this for the first time in years when the footage has been found, but before it's been reinstated. And Blatty's like, well, the problem here is that it's got two endings. The ending of the scene is Chris finding out. And then the ending of the scene is them panicking over the spider walk. And I just should have made it faster, should have made it quicker. It would have worked. But right now it doesn't work because you're reacting to two different things. And so, and equally it's... Um, it's talking about letting the film breathe as well, you know, and I think that's a, that's an example where I think it works better. But it's maybe the most frightening scene in the film when you see it. It's, it's I mean, the, the reason it works is, uh, not the spider walk, but the escalation. It's such a gradual escalation. The idea of every time you return to Reagan's room, it's ju- you know as the audience 
things are going to have escalated. Mm. And it's a, and it's a slow burn and it's a slow burn and then it's not a slow burn. But the spider walk just it elevates things to, you know, 11 because of how shocking it is. And then it needs to come back down for the film. And I think it doesn't help as well is that after that scene, I think they're still questioning if it's in our head. But if you've seen um, a girl walk down the stairs like a spider backwards, yeah. it's no longer in her head. <laughs> quite We're all on the same page. Horrifying. We're all on the same page at that point now, aren't we? <laughs> it's horrifying. So, yeah, like you say, it's escalating in her room. So she's jabbing herself with a cross. She attacks her mum. The furniture's flying around. I've, I've, I've fixated on this. I was like, the, you know, there's like a Welsh dresser, like a dresser. Yeah. And it's... It really scared the dresser. Really scares me, and I think I figured it out. I think it's because of Beauty and the Beast, the Disney version, because the dresser in that is really nice, <laughs> and this one isn't. Uh, so That's she twists. Quite weird. Yeah, sorry. She twists her head round. She's, yep. she's uh, got Burke's voice. I like this. They, they got a guy who'd done El Topo, Jadorowski's uh, surrealist film, to do the sound effects. And the sound of her neck turning is him holding a, an old leather wallet up to a microphone and cracking it back and forth. <laughs> but how simple is that? That's great. <laughs> I mean, they really should be convinced by now that something slightly more than seizures, spasms and something in her head yeah, I think the film maybe takes just a beat too long for everyone on screen to catch up with what you, the audience, are going, she's not right. <laughs> she's yeah. really, she's worse than just a little bit ill. She's possessed. So when Chris asks Father Karras to do the exorcism, mm. do you think that Father Karras, she's desperate, she doesn't believe in it, but she's desperate because mm. otherwise her daughter's going to die. So you might as well. But do you think that Father Karras is he's got a little bit of shred of loyalty left to his faith or is he just a bit curious or is he just doing it to help a distressed woman? I think that's it. Right. I think he's a really decent man. He's lost his faith, but he does want to help her. Yeah. So he's sort of going along with it, but equally saying at every opportunity, there's no such thing as yeah, possession it, and exorcism. Else, yeah. yeah. Is the line in Evil Dead, that thing in the cellar is not my mother, is that a nice little reference to this where she goes, that thing upstairs is not my daughter? Yeah. I'm telling you that that thing upstairs isn't my daughter. I don't know, but it's good. It's it sounds really good, good to me. Yeah, I love that. I, I think this is, now it reminds me a little bit of t- the end of To Kill a Mockingbird that we found are quite strange because mum is not only trying to save her daughter, but she's protecting her now. She sort of goes into defence mode because her daughter's potentially going to get done for murder. Yes. The police, uh, Kinderman, thinks that Regan might be responsible for this. Yeah. And so it's interesting watching Chris really becomes toughens up here. Yes, she does. Um, asking because it will come up on Thursday. Kinderman and Karras share one scene in this movie. I know, where... they're best friends. Oh, okay, good. Okay. <laughs> I didn't get this scene, but Kinderman's like, so there's a witchcraft murder. It's like, that's a big leap for a police officer, but it, fine. But I just, and also because to me, I'm a childish idiot, the desecration of the church looked like traffic cones. Oh my God. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. And I was, I was like, like, you're next to a university, it's just students. Has the around. demon mm. done that? I mean, because the demon, as far as we know, has never left Reagan and the house. Yeah. So how is that linked to what's going on in the house? I don't know why you need Kinderman in this. I suppose unless to push Chris to do something because her daughter might be done for. I don't know. I don't get that scene. Um, but anyway, point being, Karis now meets Reagan, who is a demon. I love it that we changed the address. So it's not she's in here with me. She's in here with us, which mm. is good. Um, and then some pea soup. 
hits him in the face. Famously, not famously, it's a lie. I didn't mean to hit you in the face, as William Friedkin, blatantly. Of course you did. Like, don't lie. <laughs> oh, uh, but they show, in the documentary, they do they show it in slow motion and it goes right in his open mouth. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I guess it actually isn't that bad because it's not someone spitting it. It's literally pea soup. And, and, and it's warm pea soup wow. as well. No, but that's better than cold pea soup, I would Truth, imagine. Yeah. They've got a nice little meal. <laughs> oh, my God. And the voice is coming out. So I meant what I said, and I know it's snarky, but Mercedes McCambridge's voice, the, what an excellent day for an exorcism line is brilliant, and it'll bring us closer is also brilliant. <laughs> um, I think Pazuzu does sound like a bit of a laugh, as in knows everything, been around, all the rest of it. And then imagine my disappointment. I get lots of time with him or lots of time with someone in Exorcist 3. It's like you've lost that sort of spark yeah. of, I don't know what it is, but there we uh, are. Just a, a, a genuinely cracking sense of humour. Yes! <laughs> there's, a, there's a moment later where Pazuzu is watching Karis performing CPR on oh, Father yeah. Merrin yeah. and you just and just the way it's looking at <laughs> yeah. him it's just absolutely like, pissed tape. it's so <laughs> good I also do like the fact that they have to go and get Father Merrin he could have been anywhere he's at Woodstock <laughs> I was like that's taken me out of the movie I'm afraid such a good moment because I'm like I'm like is he watching Hendrix? <laughs> uh, the, um, in terms of the, the cross-mutilation Linda Blair explained it as what she was told to do so she had a box on the bed Mm. Um, between her legs and it had a sponge with red coloured syrup in it and what she had to do was just keep hitting the sponge Jesus just what a day's work that is (laughs) and to be fair we should say as well a lot of the 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 more I mean there was bad stuff done to her um, but a lot of the dangerous stuff they did have an older older woman who was the same size as her yeah but um, certainly her back getting hurt um she 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 says at one point I'm you know when she's flipping back and forth of oh, the yeah. ninety degree thing. yeah yeah uh, the quote she said is I'm crying my eyes out because they are brutally damaging my back here yeah Jeez. and they did it to Ellen Burstyn as well they pulled her across the room too hard and she said William that's too hard and he's like yeah I won't do it again do it again yeah and just dragged her like across the room she slipped a disc and all the yeah things and she, like, and she believed nice. that he she, he kept the camera on for longer than he needed to to get the shot even yeah. though she needed an ambulance uh. Uh, it was way beyond <laughs> what anyone needs to do to make a movie is, is what Burstyn said yeah uh, so we talked about the backwards tapes to see if Reagan is speaking in a language that she's... It's really interesting, the metrics of what the church will accept as a possession or not. And so, you know, if you've learned... If you can speak a language you never learned, maybe you're possessed. And the holy water thing, that is just Pazuzu having fun. Yes. Because it or is... Or to prevent an exorcism. I thought about this. Because it's not holy water... Mm. Does and so the the demon is reacting in that way to show oh, what is it that I to decided show that it's, it's fake yes yeah and so I'm a fake demon I'm not actually this girl so is not possessed you don't need to exercise so me. you don't yeah is that right yeah yeah I didn't really get it yeah that that works good um, Reagan's got lesions on her skin they say oh, help me oh um, that's great cursive font though but I thought she was a child yeah, so sure. it makes sense the baby sure. writing who, who knows where she is and what she's having to do to write that to, message from, from trapped in hell some sort of other dimension trapped yeah. inside that body yeah you're not going to have a go at her about her handwriting and so it's time for uh, Max von Sydow to turn up yeah I just, I just uh, as well, she's got the help that her eyes turn white here um, yeah Fun fact, uh, they couldn't get the contact lenses into um, Linda Blair's eyes because she was a little girl. So Dick Smith uh, had to numb her eyes with <gasps> anaesthetic. Fuck off! And then stick the contact lenses in. Fuck off! This film probably shouldn't have been made. I mean, That's I, terrible. I can vouch as someone who doesn't wear contact lenses just how difficult it is to get them in every Halloween. Oh, yeah, you, need to, you should be really careful, actually. Really? Are you about, yeah, because if you're not used to it, you can scratch your eyeballs. 
Go and say that. Well, I've already could. got my. I've already got. How my pissed ones. are you when you put them in? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. My, that, um, was, that was the best thing last year. I did it sober and then had a drink. <laughs> my six-year-old niece is also going to be Megan for Halloween, so I thought. You oh yeah, because everyone is. <laughs> no, they're all going to be Barbie. No, everyone's going to be Megan. Well, she's not six. I don't know why I said that. Everyone Sorry, is going to be Barbie. She's eight. Oh my god, I'm so she's eight. Sorry. I've seen some funny videos though of people already putting them out there of dressing their children as Megan and then their children doing the sort of cloppy run she does along the floor. <laughs> That's how I'm running around London on Halloween. You can't, you can't do that, I mate. You do that. can't do that. You can't can. do that. You've got weak arms. <laughs> anyway, I find the shot of the lamppost and all of that very moving. I also wanted to ask you, Alex, mm. uh, as a former briefcase user, is this peak briefcase? This is great briefcase use, <laughs> especially with the Trilby as well. Is yeah. it a Trilby or a Fedora? I have no idea of Me the difference. Neither, but he looks great. An old hat. And when I used to carry my briefcase, I looked great in silhouette. It was... <laughs> Only when you saw me in broad daylight with my mullet and half mass trousers that you realised perhaps not as cool. Did you also have a Mac or a trench coat? I, I, I had a duffel coat. Oh, dear. <laughs> they were big at the time. You'd have seen me at the time and gone, cool duffel. Yeah, mm. shame about the bag. But yeah. fine. I, I think it's my favourite bit of writing in the film, though, is Merrin's arrival and his just no-nonsense attitude. Yeah, let's he, get he on with it. He orders Karis around. Someone says, uh, do you want to hear the background? He says, why? <laughs> What's the point? Because most films, you would have a big speech yeah. here from your sort of he- perceived hero of yeah. the film to explain what's going on and how he's going to fix it. But no, he just wants to get to work. Yeah, because Merrin says, why? And he goes, well, there are three personalities. He goes, shut up, there's one. <laughs> don't don't well, listen. No, there's three. He's like, no, there isn't. There's just one. And also, don't fucking engage with yeah. it. Don't listen. Karis. Don't converse. Yeah. The demon's a liar. One, one rule, Karis. Don't have a chat with it. Yeah. Because, and it would be tempting because I think one of the first things that, that the demon says to Marion is uh, stick your cock up her ass. Mm. Cracking. Stick your cock up her ass. <laughs> I, uh, I personally love uh, the line, your mother sucks cocks in hell, Karis, you fatherless slime. Mm. <laughs> fatherless slime. Mm. There we are. I mean, I think it's a little bit pathetic that it gets to him. It's like the future of humanity is at stake. Stop going on about your mum just is, for five minutes. This is what I mean. Yeah, it's like, man up. Yeah. I mean, Merrin is no nonsense. I love the moment where he gets the letter delivered to him when he's walking in the woods and it's almost like he knows what it contains oh, yeah. and so he doesn't even bother to open it. He just pockets it and he's yeah, like, this, I always knew this was going to happen this eventually. This going to come. <laughs> so the room is refrigerated. That's quite a famous fact. He just, William yeah. Freak was like, how can I get the effect of it being cold? I'll make how it really cold. How can people be in more pain on my movie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, not him though, because you look at the behind the scenes photos and they're all in big snowsuits. <laughs> 12 year old girl, nighty. A little nighty. Uh, it, yeah, but it is funny that he said that nowadays you'd spend a fortune using computer generated effects to, to, to do the, 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 the breath. Uh, then we could have, we would have done that if we could, but we decided we want to spend more money than's possible. And yeah, this costs so much money to do. But I guess, I mean, it's all part of the effect, isn't it? Well, they do look pissed off. I mean, that's the thing. The actors do look, the two men do look not happy to be there, but like, let's get this done, which is good. Yeah, it works for the scene. It works for the yeah. scene. I found Reagan like levitating up from the bed. I think Linda Blair is amazing here, and this whole exorcism scene mm. them just repeating that the power of Christ compels the power you of Chris, the power of Chris oh. compels you <laughs> and the fluid you know this is what's Mark Kermod thinks this is one of the best films ever made and I think I agree with no, him no he thinks it's the best film ever made yeah but <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but 
But <laughs> one of the things I don't like about it is, uh-huh. and I know there's no other way of doing it, I guess, but the idea that a girl's body and a woman's body is more terrifying than a little boy's body or a man's body. So there are lots of possession films where it's little boys, but the, the one that's often used as a counter-argument to this is The Omen. But the point is that Damien is the devil. He's not possessed mm. by the devil. He is the devil. Yep. So he has all the power because he's the devil. Mm. Whereas this, the idea of fluid coming out of a woman's body and a little girl's body is repe- yeah, is repellent, right? <laughs> so I know, and is, that's interesting. You know, our bodies in possession movies, women's bodies are put through trials and are tortured and are punished, and a little boy with fluid coming out of him wouldn't upset people as much as a little girl. Well, and we do need to think about why that is. You know firsthand, I mean, you've got little boys just, just secreting fluid things all, out over, from the all over the place. Yeah, of course. Uh, but I just, I just find that I know, I know this film is what it is, and I think it's brilliant. And I wish maybe there was another way of doing uh, aren't girls' bodies disgusting kind of thing. But that, that's a very minor gripe, I guess. So they have a little break, and then it's round two, which is going to finish Merrin off. Damien's not allowed in initially, is he? You stay out of here. You are rubbish. You're fucking useless. You are yeah. rubbish at doing an exorcism. You're literally chatting to it. Stop <laughs> going on about your mum. Yeah, that can all wait once we've saved humanity. So, now, Karis... Is it really a threat to humanity? I never saw it as that. I never saw it as an apocalyptic event, what was going on in this house. But if this can happen, anything can happen. Yeah, and and also, it's it's not about possessing Regan, as we figure out, but in a deleted scene, they talk about it. It's about ensuring that the people around her lose faith because then if the, if Regan if, if the demon can make those people lose faith it can make anyone lose faith this is this is like a trigger right to, to the end of the world so it's because, an avalanche effect if this happens here it's just yeah. going to grow and demons are going to be able to possess people and make others lose faith okay yeah. maybe it is apocalyptic then yeah I think, I think it is it's because it's, it's about that group of people it's nothing to do with Regan it's about the effect she could have if it can get to her what would it do to these people and then bang that could just grow exponentially yeah. Okay. So, Karis uh, implores the demon to take him instead. It's all very quick for me now. Look at the demon's fast. like, yeah, sure, why not, mm. doofus? And then Karis brings it all to an end by throwing himself mm. down the steps. She's immediately a little girl again. Yeah, she remembers nothing. Um, and he and he's out the window, down the steps, being read the last rites. By Father Dyer. Oh, my God, his face father dyer apparently william freaking shot him to do that i am not joking like he <laughs> no. couldn't get him to do that no that's the slap oh is it yes so he he's because that uh that's a real life priest not an actor right who's playing father dyer and yeah he he wasn't getting the scene and freaking said to him why and he said because i've just read my best friend the last rites 15 times in a row <laughs> and I'm, I'm not doing it and freaking said all right shoot again they roll the camera hit him in the face and you can see that the that he is sort of shaking while he's saying the words and that's because I, he said i was literally shaking I've just been slapped in the face by my director i take it all back it works the guy is a genius <laughs> william o'malley's the actor that's a wonderful scene congratulations william friedkin yeah it's crazy um and then that's it the family move on uh, everything's did, fine you know it's uh, i think this was the first time I, I actually sort of took in the geography of the scene mm. that window bad place for a window long way from the alley as well <laughs> you were jumping over a garden and a raw iron fence i mean you were going out of that window with some fucking force yeah, and, to reach those and, steps and that wasn't even there they actually built that onto the side of the building so it'd be nearer to the steps should have made it closer, I, made it closer. I, I mean i don't think he's making that jump to be perfectly honest no he's got a deep man on the demon doesn't want it does he so no yeah, i agree he doesn't have demon strength, if that's what you mean. <laughs> uh, that's the end of the film. So there, there, there's a deleted scene now that's in this writer's cut where the cop asks the priest to the cinema, 
sort of a repeat of what's happened earlier. Yeah. Um, because he really wants someone to go to the cinema with, as we discover in in Exorcist Three as Loves well. It. Doesn't um, like going to the cinema alone. No. But it's also supposed to be this moment of normality at the end of something that has been evil. Do we think it's a happy ending then? Oh, uh, not for Father Karras, obviously. If it's his story, then... I mean, I don't think he wanted to die, particularly. I think it is a sacrifice. It's not like, I want to be with my mum, which would be a way of looking but at it like... But the thing is, if he now knows that his life's work is real, because if the demon can be real, which it is, mm. then heaven is real, so he's on his way to heaven. This is he? my theory, the happy yeah. ending. I can yeah. tell you he's not. Why? In Exorcist 3, it's oh, very yeah. clear he hasn't made well, it. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about it on Thursday, because that's my major problem with Exorcist 3. But for me, the film was about a man who's lost his faith, yeah. regains his faith through his ability to save this little girl... Yeah dies but can die happy being read the last rites and, and ascending to yes. heaven so he gets what he wanted really and he's able to save the girl in the process so it's a happy positive ending I think so yeah except he's been told repeatedly that his mum's not in heaven yeah but the demon's messing with him she might, of course he is well, she might be there sucking cocks in hell no that nice old lady she listening to her radio might be, might be the one thing she missed out on in life she's like <laughs> but then there, a treat. Are, there are cocks in hell oh. and I can I can just suck on them <laughs> Why not? I'm there. <laughs> on them. <laughs> on them. Oh, no. But, but, but. Oh, no. Like a teat. <laughs> yeah, just sticking out of hell's walls. <laughs> just there. Just there for, there for the sucking. You want to suck a cock? We got a wall full of them. Help yourself. Help yourself. Take time. Yeah. Time is meaningless. There, there, there is no time here. <laughs> there, is no time. there is no time. You can do it for as long or as quick as you like. <laughs> I do like how much is open to interpretation, though, through this film. I think the best horror movies work like that, and I think you could have a completely opposite viewpoint of this film and be incorrect to me, but, <laughs> but it's fine. That needed saying. <laughs> sure. sure. Uh, How is it different to any other week? <laughs> that's it. Should we do the bit? Yeah. Right, what's your best scene, Alex? Uh, so, I mean, it wasn't in the version I saw. I saw the theatrical cut. It is the spider walk downstairs, if I'm allowed that. I watched it on YouTube straight after watching the movie because I was like, I'm sure that was recut into it. I didn't know the history. And it fucked me up more than anything in the actual movie to the point where I had to then watch a comedy on TV to escape that image of the blood coming out of her mouth when she's upside uh, down yeah. <laughs> on the stairs. If I'm not allowed that, it's Father Dyer getting a fucking slap at the end to deliver that line properly because it, it is okay. fantastic. It made me cry. Oh, what about you? Uh, stick your cock up her ass. Perfect. No, um, it was watching it this time and really thinking about it and deciding that that moment on the foot of the stairs was a happy ending. Right. I found that a revelation because I'd not really considered it that way before. I thought it was a sad ending for Karis, but now I'm happy for him. Mine is the exorcism. The whole, the power of Christ compels you. I think it's, I actually think it's quite scary. Like, in a very deeply troubling way. So it's that. Good. Uh, what's your most valuable whatever, Chris? Well, this is, I think this is impossible this week because I don't know how you split between writer and director here in terms of whose film this is. Who are you most scared of? <laughs> whose story this is. Uh, we're freaking. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's impossible to choose between actors because who do you pick between Ellen Burstyn and Linda Blair? And you've also got Jason Miller coming up the side. So I'm going to go for someone that I think is very valuable to this process and that, especially having heard the backstory, uh, Mercedes McCambridge, for falling off the wagon for the purpose of this film. Yeah. God bless you, young lady. Uh, you <laughs> nailed it. The voice of Pizzazzo. And eating raw eggs. Let's not forget but, that. Yeah, no, that's not for me. Uh, 
So, again, a bit like you, Chris, I, I think it is really difficult to separate writer, director, who had a hand in what aspect of it. But for me, it is the staging of visiting Reagan's bedroom at various intervals and knowing that it's going to escalate each time and having that anticipation and that terror as the audience of what are you going to see this time? How are they going to up the ante? And it was weird. I was watching it going... Shit, I never realised how much paranormal activity is in debt to this movie because the visiting of Reagan's bedroom is exactly the same idea as that one shot that sets off each night in paranormal activity and knowing what happens over that night is going to escalate from the previous time. It is literally an homage to this movie and it's brilliant. Yeah. So who are you picking? I'm picking the staging oh, okay. of visiting Fantastic. Reagan's bedroom and escalating the terror. That's lovely. So when I was a teenager, when I was watching this at Blackburn College, it was Jason Miller because I'd never the th- the thorniness of like boxer doctor priest thing, losing your faith, all of that. I just thought that's so complicated, and he does a really good job of all of that. Then I, this time I was like, it's obviously Mercedes McCambridge because that's insane. <laughs> then I was like, it's Dick Smith. But now I do think it's Linda Blair, like not just because of all the what she had to go through to deliver that performance, but her. You know, when you're like, oh, look at her face doing this. That is her in there. Like she's unbelievable. It's formidable. Like it's mm-hmm. unbelievable how good she is. So it's her. And I don't know if an actor had ever been nominated for an acting Oscar in horror before this film and yeah. we got two and that at that age is like it's just yeah her, her and Burstyn both got both got nominated uh what would you change alex uh, so we kind of touched on this um i think it's just it's quite an astonishing 180 so hear me out even if there is a reason for him doing it i think you mentioned it chris this idea that he doesn't believe an exorcism is going to work he doesn't believe he's possessed but he wants to help Chris because she's in a difficult situation but within 10 minutes he goes from saying outright exorcisms do not happen anymore they haven't happened since the 16th century it is just not something that's done to sitting in front of boss bishop and going yo I'd like to do the exorcism yeah which is like okay we got from there to there pretty quickly but it's not just that it's also the fact that in him saying I'd like to do the exorcism and then they're going, oh, OK, well, we'll probably bring Father Merrin in as well. It's, it's this idea that uh, you get this idea that Father Merrin is a specialist. Like his setup is like he has dealt with this before. There is a very exclusive number of priests who can actually handle doing an exorcism. So Father Karras, I mean, it has to be for the script, but him just going, I'll do it. It sort of diminishes all the skill that Father Merrin has. So I think I'd change that. OK, what about you? I wouldn't change much in this film, but if you're forcing my arm, I don't know if I'd start the story in Iraq. Mm. I don't know what the time frame exactly is between that and what's happening in Georgetown, but I don't think there's any reason why they couldn't be happening at the same time. I think I'd cut between the two of them yeah. for the first 20 minutes so that we're not spending 15 minutes in, in, in Iraq. Bright, di- in bright, bright, yeah, bright sunlight, I'm doing yeah. it for a reason, but I just think it would be interesting seeing the evil appear there, which yeah. he sort of find the pendant and the statue and the evil rearing its head here I think you could cut between the two and it might be an interesting way of starting the movie mine is a tiny thing and it's really schlocky and stupid but fine at the end Reagan goes to father died to say thank you and she gives him a kiss and she should flinch because there's still something in there and you mm. sh- she can't go that near a priest that's it but it's so that's so dumb so you <laughs> mean you mean pull the rug from under people who think it's a happy ending by maybe going, she ain't okay sequel yeah. yeah I just think I just think she should be like oh, I want to give you a kiss because I'm Reagan and I'm so grateful and then like snog oh my god no her lips should melt <laughs> off <laughs> 
<laughs> Wouldn't that undermine the point of the film? Sure. She's all right now. She's, sure. That's, she likes to fuck things up at the end. Cat amongst the pigeons. Look that's, at that. That's what I would. Or could you have a scene where Reagan's dad comes home and he's like, fuck this, bye, <laughs> just to get that cleared I up? <laughs> I, think, I think Linda Blair should look down the camera, break the fourth wall and go, <laughs> <laughs> I think, he, I Re- think this repossessed. film has to end with Regan being okay. I know, I know, but it just wouldn't it be fun if it didn't. It would, it would. It's your change. It's brilliant. Thank you. Right, uh, are we doing a quiz this week? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it last week. It was simple. It was quick. It was to the point. Um, yeah, it was and it the was, IMDb thing. It was a draw. Yeah, yeah. the IMD buyers quiz because that's Mike's last name. Um, uh, so uh, the actor I have picked this week, okay. uh, the four films, yeah. I'll just sort of give general clues here. Okay. Two of them we've done. Yeah. One of them is very tricky, but I'll give you clues. <laughs> and one of them is a very famous film. You might have seen, I haven't seen it. It's Art House. Okay. So the actor we are going for, and you're going to pick first, okay. is Max von Sydow. The Seventh Seal. Correct. Thank you. Uh, Minority Report. Correct. Shit. <laughs> I should have saved the seventh seal to the end. Oh, last action hero because he's in it in that sort of. Is he? Uh, no. Okay. Flipping it. So we've this got one hard. more film that we've done. Uh, one of my favourite films of all time, even though I didn't pick it annoyingly that week. Um, I picked the other film that we did it against. Uh, it, it's it's one of the great villains he plays. It's I, my go then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, God. It's silly, it's fun, and he is a really uh, over-the-top villain. And we did it. Sorry, we did it. We had a lot of fun doing Sorry. it. It was one that I brought to the table because I was very excited about it. I mean, I, I, give us something else. Um, and then the other film. All right. Now, that one, uh, he, he's, he's really merciless in it, I would say. Is it Willow? No, that was a good clue, though. It's half his name. Oh, it's uh, Flash Gordon. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, my God. Well done. And then the other one's The Exorcist. Uh, no, the other one's not The Exorcist. So weirdly, Max von Sydow <laughs> doesn't have that against his top films. Instead, he's got this film. So my clues are uh, Stephen Doldry uh, made it. Sandra Bullock's in it. Uh, Tom Hanks is in it. Uh, it's about a kid whose dad oh, died on 9-11. Whoa, 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 whoa. Everything. Uh, uh, incredibly, incredibly close and incredibly loud. Very close. Extremely close and incredibly loud. <laughs> Nearly. Incredibly loud and extremely close. <laughs> Nearly. <laughs> it's extremely loud and incredibly close. close. Yes! A yes. uh, tie. It's a tie. <laughs> well, no, because I got two, so it's a win. Uh, right, good. Great, Excellent. love that. That was brilliant, yeah. Thanks, Mike. That's, I really don't like that movie, that last movie. I tried to watch it twice because I was like, this is exactly the kind of movie I should like. It should mm. be heartstringy, Polly, and it's not. All right, then. That but is. <laughs> didn't we just say for the record, that's there instead of The Exorcist for Max von so Sydow? <laughs> <Sure. laughs> the most successful horror film of all time? This film that none of us can remember. It's made, oh, since it's had re-releases, far, oh, nearly half a billion dollars over Brilliant. the years. Uh, right then, uh, let's look ahead to next week and our second Shocktober clash. Mm. I've got a clue, but I know you've got a clue because you said at the start you've got a great clue. Is it better than that? Um, yeah. Okay. But it's the same. Sure. So uh, both the films we're doing next week... Isn't that weird? It's exactly the same, but mine's better. Yeah, yeah, because it's got a, it's sort of a pun. Right. Uh, both the films we're doing next week are period pieces. I knew you were going to say that. I think that's my joke. I do think that's my joke. I'm sorry, from like a few weeks ago. Fine. I mean, because you looked argue. at me, I said it, and you went, "Oh," and I thought, "Oh, he's going to have that." <laughs> but you can have it. I just did. <laughs> See what I've done, though, Alex. I've made it. Uh, yeah, it's better. Yeah. It's better. I used grammar. You used time. So 
you know, I mean, pick whichever you like. <laughs> sure. OK, before next week's Clash, we are going to be back on Thursday as we talk The Exorcist 3 and decide which film will be victorious at our first Shocktober of the year. Until then, please subscribe on Apple and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Spotify, wherever you get your pods, at ClashPod on Twitter and Instagram. Until Thursday, have a great week. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y dot And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.